She's passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention, everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Hey, hey guys, it's your girl, Autumn Miles. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. I hope you guys are doing well out there. I hope everyone is having a good fall. I love the fall. I love the brisker air in the morning. Of course, I live in Texas, so it's kind of you know, in the, in the 80s, which I know where I'm from in Indiana, that's still hot. But in Texas, we're loving the cooler weather. And I hope you guys are too. I hope you're going into this fall season, um, just with harvest on your mind. You know, the word tells us that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And every fall, I always think about the harvest and how as you look at the corn and, you know, everything that's being harvested in the fall time, um, you know, those are souls. I always think of it as, man, there's the corn, but there are literally millions of souls to be harvested as well. So welcome to the episode today. Listen, we, I, hopefully this will be, I used it in my production meeting this morning as, um, a tall glass of ice cold water. I And then I was like, wait, that's not what I'm trying to say. Then I changed it to refreshing. I hope this word after the break is refreshing to you. I feel like there's a lot of exhaustion going on in our world today. I know if that's you, you're not the only one. I have felt weary. I told my husband the other night, I am worn, worn. Now, it's a busy season. Fall's always super, super busy. But I was just like, he was like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just worn. And that's literally the only word I could come up with. But then God encouraged my heart the next morning. And I want to share that with you. If you feel like you are just heavy in a season of extra weary, you're weary, you're tired, you know, those things, I'm going to, I'm hopefully this will This will encourage you. Okay, guys, what is going on in my life? Well, let me just tell you what's going on in my life. On Saturday, my girl turned 16. Okay. We had the sweet 16 party. It was so great. We went from, oh my goodness, we had we did presents early in the morning and then our little friends came over for, you know, a few minutes. And then on Saturday, uh, you in Texas, you can actually do like a third party driving test. Like you don't have to do it at the DMV. And we did that. We went to a third party and took a driving test and she passed, which was awesome. But she didn't get her license on Saturday because the DMV isn't open. So she passed. So that was really good because I was thinking, oh my gosh, what if she fails her driving test on her birthday? This will be the worst birthday ever. But she didn't. She passed. We had a party for her with all of her friends on Sunday night. Yesterday, we headed to the DMV first thing in the morning. And I'm telling you, it's really surreal when it is your child that is going in to get Texas's approval of driving a car. It is super surreal. I I could not sleep on Sunday night. I, I literally couldn't sleep. I was up. I was tossing and turning the whole night. 
I was praying, Lord, you know how tired I am. I need sleep. And uh, I just couldn't sleep because all I was thinking was the next day, my baby is going to drive to school. Okay. And so we got up Monday morning and we went to the DMV and, you know, it was, I was super anxious sitting there. We didn't have to wait that long because you can make appointments, you know, so we only had to wait like 10 or 15 minutes and they were very efficient at the DMV. I'll have to say, I was looking around. I'm like, wow, they kind of know what's going on. You didn't, no one waited really long. It was, it was, it was the best DMV experience I've ever had. So we go up, they call our number, we're standing there. And then I immediately start sweating because there has been so many times at the DMV where I have forgotten one tiny thing. And it's like, you know, you kind of bring all of your life documents and you're at the mercy of the attendant. That usually doesn't say very much. Our, our, our guy was really, really nice. He was very sweet. He was excited for Grace, which, you know, that's actually nice to see him be happy for Grace getting her license. But we're standing there and I'm sweating and I'm like, okay, this is not, I just feel like this is not going to happen. I feel like we've forgotten something. We forgot our driving log. We forgot something, whatever. And to my dismay or excitement, (laughs) we didn't forget anything. He was like, okay, this is what you need. It'll be, you know, whatever, however much it was to get her license yesterday. So I swiped my little card. She got her her little picture taken and we were off. And I don't know, walking out with the driver's license for your child, there's just, it's weird. It's a weird feeling. It's weird. We get home, we took her to lunch, we get home and I look at my husband and I'm like, well, I guess she's going to drive herself to school (laughs) because we don't have to do that anymore. And it was weird. She backed out of the driveway. She's like waving at us and I'm like, don't wave at us, you know, just back out of the driveway. Don't wave at us. Um, but she backs out of the driveway and I, you know, we don't live far from the school, but I'm like, when you get parked in the school, you need to text me to make sure that you're safe. And she backs out slowly and, you know, waves goodbye to us. And we watch our world (laughs) drive down the street. And I got to tell you, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know. I mean, I kind of brought you guys in on this uh, driver's ed journey. When she got her license yesterday, I kind of felt like I deserved a certificate of completion or something myself for teaching her how to drive. I don't know. Rather than being scared, I was very much at peace. And I feel like God gives you just a peace when the time is right over your children that it's kind of like the peace that passes all understanding. My mom ended up calling me. She's like, how you're doing? I'm like, you know, I'm fine. It's time. It is time for her to go into this next season of her life. It is time for her to do that. And I had such a peace. And then I had a lot more peace when she texted me when she got there and she was like, mom, I'm safe. And throughout the whole day yesterday, she was texting me, mom, I made it to cheer practice. Mom, I made it here. And then I had to work last night, a couple hours of speaking. And I knew what time she was going to get home. And I'm like, even if you interrupt me, you need to text me and let me know that you're okay. And, and she did. And she was fine. And I have to tell you, God gave me such a grace yesterday for my grace in this new season of her life. And it was, it's just incredible to see your kids grow 
and to see your kids really, I don't know, kind of become the people that you've prepared them to be. So there's a lot of transitioning happening in the Miles home, but I, but I think at the end of the day yesterday, I was just so grateful. I was so grateful for the peace of God, which is a gift, and the grace of God sort of to go into this next season. And I want to tell you, those, those of you moms and dads that are kind of entering it, maybe entering a transition season with your kids, God's grace and his peace are available. His grace and his peace are available in whatever season that you're in with your children, with your family, whatever it seems to be, they are available. And one of the things that God told me yesterday is I've got her. You have her, but now I've got her and I'm going to be watching over her. And there's something when the Lord speaks to me like that, it puts me immediately at ease. So if you're transitioning, I'm telling you what, receive the relief of peace because it will certainly carry you. Okay, that's what's going on in my life. We are going to take a real quick break and I'm going to come back with just kind of with a refreshing word. For those exhausted, weary spirits out there, this is going to hopefully encourage you today as it did me. I'll see you in a sec. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Are you looking for a passionate speaker for your next conference, church function, or fundraiser? Autumn Miles is the right fit for you. As the founder of the Autumn Miles Ministry, a live event ministry, Autumn has not only spoken at events around the country, she has planned and directed them. Autumn is a survivor of domestic abuse, and she is passionate about educating the church on how to effectively assist victims. Her message of hope and healing has been shared on the big stage internationally. Autumn is devoted to spiritually challenging people to draw closer to God. She is a passionate advocate for the word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. To find out how you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement, go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, just search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab, Click on it and scroll down for more information. Once again, that's autumnmiles.com. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Autumn Miles Show. Now, this is for you out there that you're like, I'm so tired. If you find yourself saying, I'm so tired all the time, I'm so weary, or you just, maybe you don't say it, you just feel it. (laughs) This is for you, my friends. I want to remind you that we we're taking a couple of light weeks because we are going to, I'm going to confront this deconstruction movement here. I think next week we'll do that. So you have something to look forward to next week. If you have any questions about this whole deconstruction movement, I have said before, I don't really like to talk about trendy things because, because of that, they are trendy. I know at 41, I haven't lived that long, but at 41, I know that trendy things are just that. They will be trendy and then they will not be trendy. They are temporary things. So I don't I don't confront them a lot, but this one I feel like I need to. So uh, tune in next week for my thoughts on that from the word of God, of course. 
also, if you've missed the series, the mind series, and you struggle in your mind, maybe with fear or people pleasing or something like that, there is five weeks of the mind series that you can go back and catch up on. And I would suggest you do that. We got so much great feedback from you guys on this mind series. So go back, check it out, allow the word of God to speak to you. I, I don't, I don't, I use so much scripture and that series to hopefully help free your mind in areas that you need to be freed from. So, so for today, you weary warriors, I have been in just a season of giving, okay, giving out. Now, my normal day is pretty giving <laughs> because I, 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 you know, because of the kids and, you know, those four of them and, you know, it's, you just, you're constantly giving, you're constantly doing, you're constantly making water bottles, getting snacks. You're constantly like uh, counseling. You're constantly correcting, feeding. Like sometimes I tell my husband, I wish we didn't have to eat dinner tonight. Like why do we, it's just like the most daunting task sometimes to make dinner or get dinner every single night. But I am just in that, that really busy season of constantly giving, you know, someone asks you how you are. I, I actually have to think about it for a minute. Cause I'm like, uh, how am I actually, I want to give you a honest answer, but I don't even know how I am at this point. I was telling uh, someone on the phone a couple of days ago, my life is not my own right now. I give it to my family. I give it to you, to, to all those that I minister to on a regular basis. It, it is just a, a busy, busy season and has been for, for a while. And I was thinking about the weariness that sometimes comes with pouring out. And I know a lot of us pour sometimes from an empty cup. You know, when you've got like a really good cup of coffee or a really good drink from, I don't know, Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop or whatever. I mean, me, Diet Coke, I drink Diet Co one Diet Coke every day. That's what I do in the afternoons for a little pick me up. And, you know, you kind of get to the bottom of the cup and you're like, oh, I wish there was a little bit more of this left. And you kind of you pour it to get the last drop out of it. At least that's what I do with my Diet Coke in the afternoon. And as I suck through the straw, there's nothing there. That's how I felt lately. <laughs> People are sucking through the, through the straw of my soul. And there has just been not a lot there. I was telling this to the Lord the other day. And the Lord said, I want you to let me fill you back up. And he gave me this term, you need to enter a juniper tree season. Now, I know exactly what he was referencing because he is referencing Elijah and in, in First Kings. But I thought about that for a while because I know the story very well. The great prophet Elijah, I've, I've preached about this. I don't even know how many times a lot. This is one of the probably top 10 stories in the whole Bible when Elijah, the prophet, predicted a drought for three years because the, the nation of Israel was worshiping idols. He predicted a drought. It happened. There was a drought for three years. And at the end of the drought, he went before King Ahab and he said, okay, God's going to bring rain. And he kind of had a duel with the prophets of Baal and Asherah. 
at Mount Carmel. And he ended up praying, but praying down the fire from heaven at first to show all the prophets of Baal and Asherah who was in charge. God Almighty was in charge. And Elijah needed to show everybody that. And after that, he also prayed and God stopped the drought and brought rain. Now, this is found in 1 Kings 18. And we see him in such a powerful stance, King Elijah. I'm King Elijah, not King Elijah, the prophet Elijah, in such a powerful stance. He was zealous for the Lord. He was working for the Lord. He was using every amount of his faith for the Lord. He was he was bold. He was courageous. He was really stepping out, knowing that his life ultimately was on the line. But he did it. He was obedient and he gave. He gave to the Lord. He gave to the nation of Israel. He gave to the ministry that he was involved in, you know, showing people who God was. He gave and he gave and he gave. And this scenario in 1 Kings 18 shows us a very strong Elijah, a very strong prophet. But in 1 Kings 19, (laughs) he's threatened by King Ahab, who was king of that time of Israel. He was threatened by his wife, who's Jezebel. And Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you because of what you did to the prophets of Baal and Asherah. She was mad at him. And so this is what he did. We see the great prophet Elijah, who was just so incredibly zealous for the Lord. We see him turn and we see him run. And we find Elijah in 1 Kings 19, weary, exhausted, spent. He had given all of himself to the Lord. And then he needed to be ministered to by the Lord. And this is what the Lord spoke over me when I was praying just about just my own weariness. He said, Autumn, you need a juniper tree season. Let me read this text to you. First Kings 19 says this. Now Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. This is going to back up everything I just said. Then Jezebel sent messengers to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and even more. If I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow at this time, she's basically threatening to kill him. Okay. Cause he killed all the prophets of Baal and Asherah. Verse three. And he, Elijah was afraid and arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servant there. But listen, so he, he leaves his servant and he goes a little further, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die. (laughs) Yes, God, that's it. I'm done. I am completely tapped out. I, I'm done with this whole ministry thing. I'm done with this whole profit thing. I'm done. I am so, anyone ever said that before? I'm done. I am over this. I can't deal with this anymore. I am so done. I can't even handle it. He was so done that he asked God 
to take his life. That's how done he was. Now, (laughs) I am not there, but I do know the feeling of feeling like I am so over this. Okay. I can't handle it. I can't listen anymore. I can't do anymore. I'm just done. And sometimes when we feel like we are done or we're over it or whatever, we're not done. We're just tired. We're tired. We have poured out so much that we need to be refreshed, okay? Elijah wasn't done. Elijah was exhausted. And guys, what we don't need to do when we are in a season of exhaustion is keep going. I think the world prioritizes action rather than rest. And it's really one of the baits of Satan to prioritize. You've got to do, 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 do until you're exhausted and then do, 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 do 10 more things. That is not the heart of the father for you. Even God rested and God never sleeps. Okay. He tells us that he doesn't become weary and yet he rested. Why did he do that in in, uh, Genesis? He did that to set an example because he knew we would need an example to rest because we are not God and we do need to rest and we do need to sleep. Okay. Elijah wasn't done because we know from the text, and I'll tell you here in a second, that there was a lot more ministry for him. There was a lot more awesome ministry for him. Elijah wasn't done. He was tired. And when we feel exhausted, tired, poured out, whatever, this is what we need to do. He goes and he sits under the juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die and said, is it enough now, O Lord, take my life for I am not better than my father. Verse five. I love the transition. I'm done. Just take my life. God. Verse five. He lay down and slept under a juniper tree. And behold, there was an angel touching him. And he said to him, arise and eat. Now, The reason I think God spoke this over me is because there is so much power in you, strong one, taking a breather, laying down, taking a day to yourself, and during that time, letting the Lord minister to you. You know, a lot of times we'll minister to our kids or I am in ministry as a job, but we will minister to others and we'll pray for others and we'll, we'll be there for others and we'll send other door dashes. And what I've, I send cheesecake to everybody on door dash. It's like the best thing ever. <laughs> you want to encourage someone's heart, send them some cheesecake on door dash. It's great. I do this to, to many people all the time, but then there's a point when you will get tired of giving out. And Elijah was there and I've been there. And if you feel that way, I would encourage you to sit down, lay down under a juniper tree and allow the Lord to minister to you. Now your juniper tree could be sitting in your backyard. Your juniper tree could be go get a massage. Your juniper tree could be, I don't know, take a drive. (laughs) Your juniper tree could be go at the bathroom and shut the door and lock it. I don't know what it is. 
But you need to take time and you need to let someone speak in to you. Elijah laid down. And the beautiful thing about this is that God heard his prayer. He knew exactly where he was. And we know this because he sent his angel to awaken Elijah. And the only thing the angel said was, arise and eat. That's all he said. The priority of the angel was not to instruct Elijah on, okay, this is your next assignment. Wake up, get up. Why are you resting? What are you doing? You sluggard. That's not what God's priority was for Elijah or the angel would have said that. The only thing that the angel said to Elijah was arise and eat. And this is what happened. Then he looked, verse 6, 1 Kings 19, verse 6. Then he looked and behold, there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and he drank and he lay down again. This is very telling of the Lord, I think, in, in the heart of the Father for those of us that feel like we're done like Elijah did. I love that the angel didn't come and say, get up. What are you doing? Don't you know you have 17 things to do? He said, arise and eat. And then the food was prepared already for Elijah's consumption. Now, maybe God will make you a bread cake that appears at that, your bedside table and you can eat it. I don't know. He's never done that for me. But I will tell you that I will tell you that there is a spiritual food that is already prepared for our consumption when we're exhausted, that feeds our soul like nothing else will. I will tell you that when you are in a season of being done, there is a food that is always hot, ready, fresh in the word of God, the bread of heaven that is available to you, coupled with the living water that is available to you to refresh that weary soul. And we see a picture of it. Let me read it again. Then behold, he looked and there was at his head a bread cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. How interesting. Jesus calls himself the bread of life and living water. And here we see both of it. So he ate and drank and lie down again. Then he lies down and he rests again. Again, no preaching by the angel, just food and water. Let me encourage you, strong one. I consider myself a strong one. I consider myself, um, I can say that. I think after 40, you're just kind of like, listen, this is what I am. <laughs> I get a lot of calls every day from people that need prayer and people that need help and, you know, and, and the whole thing. But you strong one, let me speak to you for a second. You're not too strong to be weak at times. You need to understand that it is okay to be weak. It is okay to say, God, I'm done for today. <laughs> I need that bread cake and I need that jar of water. I need you to minister to me. And let me tell you something, strong one. One of the temptations of the enemy for us strong ones is to forego that because we are strong. Let's actually 
just pride, telling ourselves that we don't need the bread of heaven and the living water. And what you're going to do if you don't take time and let the angel of the Lord feed you through his word and through his spirit, what you're going to do is you're just going to find yourself more and more exhausted. You're going to become resentful and frustrated and mad at everyone and angry. And that's not what you want to be. So if you're feeling exhausted today, I get it. I get it. Weary warrior. I get it. But I want you to start prioritizing for yourself what Elijah did in this moment. He found a juniper tree. He laid down. He let the Lord minister to him. He ate, drank, and rested. You must do that. If we are to sustain in the faith in this crazy season of the world that we find ourselves in at this moment in time, if we are to sustain in the faith, juniper tree seasons, days, hours must be built into our life. If they're not, we will not sustain in the faith. We just won't. We'll fall away from God. We'll get we'll get too exhausted to even go to church. We'll get too exhausted to even pray. How can I pray? I'm too tired. I've been talking to kids all day or whatever it is. You must prioritize juniper tree times. Let me read on and then I'll be done. So he ate and he drank, verse 6, 1 Kings 19, verse 6. The angel of the Lord in verse 7 came again. So we know it was the angel of the Lord that came. And touched him a second time and said, arise and eat. Oh, he didn't preach to him? No, he didn't. He said, I'm coming a second time. I want you to eat again. And he gave him a reason. You're not done. He didn't say this. I am interjecting what I know the text says a couple verses later. You're not done, Elijah. But the angel of the Lord put it like this. Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. He's telling Elijah in this moment, you're not done. You're not, you're not done. I'm not going to take your life. I'm not going to answer your prayer. You just need to eat and you need to rest. And this is why the journey's too great for you, or I've got more stuff for you to do. Okay. So he arose, ate, drank, and went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights nights to Horeb, the mountain of God. I'm not going to get into the next piece of the text, but I think that you should read it. It's absolutely awesome. The conversation that happens between the great prophet Elijah and God himself at Horeb. Today, I hope you hear me as a friend when I say, take a moment, take a moment, get in the word if it's only for 10 minutes. Ask the Lord to maximize your time there and to feed your soul. He knows how to do it, you guys. He knows those pieces of your soul that you won't even share because why share it? No one's going to listen. He'll listen. He knows those pieces of your soul that are so dry and desperate for him. And he knows how to refresh them with his living water in literally a couple of verses. Sometimes I'll open my Bible and I'll read one verse and I'll be like, that was so good. I just need to think about that for like 30 minutes <laughs> and I'll shut my Bible and that'll be my quiet time for real. That's how powerful the refreshment of his word is. So strong one, if you're feeling exhausted today, that is a symptom 
that you need to be fed and you need to be ministered to. So stop, take some time, get in the word and allow the spirit of the living God to refresh you in a way that only he can. Okay. Okay. All right. I love y'all. I'll see you after the break. We'll be back with more from Autumn right after this. Does it seem like God is answering everyone's prayers but yours? Do you want to see results from your prayer life? Do you feel as if you are a professional Christian with an amateur prayer life? If so, Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer, is for you. Autumn Miles wrote Gangster Prayer because she herself experienced disappointment from years of praying with little results. Gangster Prayer will show you how to unlearn bad habits in prayer and build your prayer life on a foundation of faith and not doubt. Get your copy of Gangster Prayer today at autumnmiles.com or anywhere books are sold. Be sure to follow Autumn on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. And now back to the Autumn Miles Show. Here's your host, Autumn Miles. Okay, here we are. We are back and I got three questions today. Three questions from three precious women. I want to just go ahead and dive like straight into them. The first one says this, I avoid going to church. I love how pure this question is, you guys. It's like, listen, this is kind of how I feel. (laughs) She says, I avoid going to church because worship always makes me cry. My friend told me it was the spirit moving in me. What does this mean? Her name is Rachel. She writes, first of all, Rachel, don't avoid going to church because of that. The spirit of God, like I just said with the prophet Elijah, is trying to minister to you. Your your spirit is awakened in worship because worship literally, you know, uh, is how we connect with the presence of God. So that's what's happening to you in worship. And Rachel, I'm telling you what, if I saw you in a church service, you would just need to come sit by me because I cried the whole time during worship. I'm constantly wiping my tears. And at our church, they do like meet and greet time after worship. So I always have to wipe my face before I turn around and talk to someone because I'm constantly crying as well. It is a way for you to connect with the spirit of God when we worship. When we praise the Lord, the Bible says that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise, when we worship, the spirit of God comes and starts sitting amongst us and we can feel it. It's a very manifestation of the power of the spirit of the living God. So what your your soul is doing is responding to the presence. So um, it's actually a beautiful thing. I understand crying in public is not everybody's thing. But if you were to lean into that a little bit, I, I feel like it would be a refreshing thing for you. Don't avoid church because of it. I would say go sit and soak in the presence of the Lord and cry if you need to. I'll guarantee you, Rachel, you are not the only person in that service that is crying because if I was sitting in there, I'd be crying as well. I I tear up 
um, almost instantly. And let me tell you this, if they do an old hymn, like amazing grace or, you know, blessed assurance or something like that, I am so done. I can't even handle my life. Okay. I'll just, I'll just start crying unashamedly at that point. So Rachel, your soul is connecting with the spirit of God. That's why you're crying. And it's a beautiful thing because God wants to connect with you. And when he inhabits the praises of his people, that is what you're feeling. And that is why you are crying during worship. Next one. What is the best way to break down the wall after it's been so long since I've talked to God? Lindsay writes this one in. What is the best way to break down the wall after it's been so long since I've talked to God? Listen. I don't know if there's like a sin situation going on or something, but I would say this, Lindsay, if you feel like you have there, you've done something or whatever that you think separates you from God, repent, just say, listen, Lord, I'm sorry. I, we, I need to make this right between you. That may be a reason for a wall of separation between you or the Lord. Maybe it's just time you've been busy. You haven't been able to pray or, or communicate with him. Listen, if I don't see my husband like all day, there is a disconnect at the end of the day that I'm like, okay, what's going on? We need to get caught up in our day because we've been, you know, working or whatever we've been doing all day. If there is a time, you know, several days or whatever it is between you have connected with God, there is going to be a barrier there. There is going to be a wall there. I think you probably just need to start talking. You just need to start praying. You just need to open your Bible. And literally, the wall will remove itself as you start connecting with God. Okay, just like an old friend that you haven't talked to in a while, you need to have a conversation to reconnect. So I think this is maybe more simpler than you're making it. If you don't feel anything, God is still with you, even though you don't feel it. Okay. It might take a while for you to sort of emotionally connect, but I'm telling you, the Lord has not left you. The Lord doesn't leave us. He refuses to. We leave him. So you just have to sort of uh, take down that wall. The last one is this. My four-year-old recently asked me, can we hear God? I didn't know how to respond. What would you tell her? This is precious. There is something about kids you know, the, Jesus told all of his disciples and everyone sitting around when they were trying to keep the kids away from him. He was like, listen, this is what the, the kingdom of heaven is made up of. There is something so beautiful about the spiritual sensitivity of children. I've seen it in all four of my children. I, I, I'll remember vividly when Haven told me one night when she was uh, about a year or two ago, when she said, Jesus died for you on the cross, mommy. Jesus died for you on the cross. And I'll never forget that moment. It was very pure. It was sort of an intimate moment between me and Haven. All of the kid, all of my kids have had a moment like that with me. My answer to you is absolutely, absolutely. Your four-year-old can hear from God. I'll give you an example. Years ago, Grace, we were at the beach and Grace came up to me in the, in the morning. And I, I had had my time with the, the Lord and I, I kind of felt like there was something off, like almost like the Lord was alerting my spirit, like be aware of today. Something is coming today and you need to prepare yourself for it. And I remember this was at the beach. We were on vacation. It was in 2016, I believe. And Grace came up to me about an hour later and she said, mom, I don't know how to tell you this, 
but I feel like there's something heavy that's going to happen today. It was so weird. <laughs> I looked at her because I knew what the Lord had already told me. And I was like, whoa, this is crazy. She said, do you, do you think I'm being, you think I'm off? And I mean, this was 2016. So this was five years ago. I said, no, baby, I don't think you're off. I actually think you're right on. She said, I just, I feel like we need to pray. Like, I, th- I feel like something's coming. And I'm like, okay. And that kind of scared me. And you know what? God was right. He told me to be aware. He told her to be aware. That night, it was 11 o'clock at night. I got a call from a staff member who had been admitted to the hospital because she was diagnosed with brain cancer. So when I tell you that the Spirit of God speaks to and through our kids, He does. I'll give you another example. When we were sort of in the adoption process and we came to a point in the adoption process and we asked Grace again, Grace, what do you think about this? Because we brought both of our biological kids in on the adoption process. They were a part of all of it. We felt like that was very important. I remember her, I didn't have a piece about this next step in the process. And uh, I remember her saying, I, of course, I had not told her that, but I remember her saying, I have, I have a stop in my heart. I have a stop in my heart. And I thought, wow, so do I. And we ended up um, stopping that piece of the process, which would have led us down a path that would not have led us to Moses and Haven. So what God was telling her through a pause or an angst in her spirit was actually the spirit speaking to her to confirm to Eddie and I that this was not the direction that we should go in. So when I say the spirit of God speaks to and through our kids, he does. Now you have to listen for their language. God can speak in all kinds of ways. You know, he can impress our spirit. Of course, he speaks through his word, through his presence, through nature, all, all diff- through other people all different kinds of ways. But when they're trying to communicate to you that God, I think God is speaking to me, press into that. Ask them what it feels like. Ask them what they think that God is saying. Because I know for a fact that God has spoken to and through my children. And I would have missed it if I wasn't in tune to to the spirit myself and also in tune to spiritual things in their lives. So yes, God speaks to our kids, listen for it, and then disciple it when you hear it. Okay, this has been awesome. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I am going to pray us out today. I'm going to pray, pray for all my weary warriors. Lord, we love you today. We love you today. And we thank you that you are the well that never runs dry. You are the bread of heaven that feeds us and strengthens our insides. God, I pray for everyone listening today, all the thousands of people that will download this and listen to it and stream it and whatever, Lord. I pray for them as they go through their life this week. I pray that you would give them fresh eyes, a fresh perspective, fresh vision. God, I pray for any weapons that they are fighting against right now. I pray that you would remind them that they will not prosper in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would speak to their hearts right now and tell them, I am with you. I'm not going to forsake you. I am not going to leave you. I have plans for you. You need to rest. I want to feed you. And Father, I do pray for this podcast. I ask for you to continue to bless it.
I ask that you continue to spread the word of the Lord wherever it is that you would spread it. Lord, we love you and we trust you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There, you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show. Let's <laughs> go.